I've always felt that the salaries that the clubs pay players are crazy and unrealistic. The word we have tried to use so many times. We have tried not to use so many times, but we have to use again. Shame on you. This is Sports 360. Um, it's that time once again to bring you Sports 360 podcast. Many thanks for joining us. As always, Sports 360 pod on Instagram. Fresh episode drops your way every Thursday. And we want to continue to thank you all for your listenership and for giving us the numbers that keep us up there. Interesting topics today. Yemi Adesanya is here. Okay. And Gutui is here with us from uh, Dallas, Texas. Um, guys, interesting things happen happening on the Nigerian football scene in the last few weeks. And I like to call this the Gennot Raw Riddle. So Bode is not here, but Bode has, I mean, what I mean is Bode is not in Nigeria, but Bode has extensive contacts in the Nigerian media space, especially when it comes to Nigerian football. So I'm sure he will have some insights that Yemi and I may not have, even though we are here uh, physically. But uh, what exactly is going on with Gennard Raw? My take, I felt NFL flew a kite because, you know, these stories come out, you know that these stories are being filtered out through their usual sources. Let me put it like that. Stories filtered out, Gennard Raw has been sacked. They let that story rage for a, almost a whole day before they came with the statement. He hasn't been sacked. Now, things are filtering out. Um, compensation, there's no compensation. Um, we, he's been sacked. He's not been sacked. Uh, all kinds of stories. And then suddenly, a couple of days ago, maybe the last 24 hours, another story is filtered out. Uh, a, a possible replacement. For Gennard Raw. You know, things are happening behind the scenes, but NFF don't seem to want to come out and tell us exactly what is going on. We have something as ridiculous as, well, they had a meeting with Gennard Raw. They gave him the option of resigning. They said the atmosphere was toxic and quote and unquote, maybe something that like, um, as ridiculous as saying, his safety cannot be guaranteed and all of that, which is like some kind of blackmail. If that story is true, let me put that proviso. So, but what do you make of all this? Because even as we speak, three or four days after the fact that NFF denied that he's been sacked, all kinds of stories are still flying around and nobody really believes the NFF anymore. So what's going on, please, buddy? If you can tell us. Um, did you know, there are two instances that I've asked you a question on air. Mm. When um, events are happening and you are not sure what is going on, um, remember my famous: if you don't try to FIFA, you know if FIFA does not hear from us, we will hear from FIFA. Yeah, remember that incident. Yes, yes. Aha. If you don't, if, 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 if FIFA, if FIFA doesn't hear from us, we will hear from FIFA. This one, I've, I'll, I'll, I'll also ask you a question before. When I think it's around you for the terms, and I'm not sure. When I said, have you heard from the NFL? Have they said anything? But did they say anything? We are going to assume that the status quo remains and is ongoing. I, I agree with what you are saying that a lot of things are happening behind the scenes, and then I think the stories are being filtered out to gauge public reaction. Yeah. Now, what I can tell you about the raw contract situation is that this is close to the situation, as my good friend here will say, Stephen Smith will say. So this is close to the situation, say that. 
there is nothing like that clause in that contract. Yeah, I've heard that, that too. It's just, that is just a ruse to keep people like you who doesn't like the draw from asking, <laughs> forcing them to sack him. That's natural because they look. Let's let's look at it critically. At the point where Genoto was handed a new contract a while back, people have been calling for his sack, and the response of the Nigerian force. No, no, see, let, 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 let me back up a bit. Before the Nations Cup semi-final loss, when everybody was saying, get to the final or win the cup or get sacked, then it openly said, hey, what you have told him is minimum semi-final. He has achieved that. What people want to say, but he's played the kind of football that we don't like, and his World Cup record is not comparable to any at all. The next response was, he's on the contract. He will, run, he, will, he will see the contract to the end. And then, that contract ended. And then, the next thing was that, we can't afford the kind of country people want. And then, after that, I'll give you a timeline. And after that, oh, there's a clause in this contract. And then, you, are, you and I asked on radio that time. How can you put that kind of clause in the contract of a man that was essentially begging for a job? Mm. You could have let him go and taken a chance for a Nigerian that you can treat anyhow you could and all will do well. Because what he has done is the barest minimum. And so the question is again, how could anybody, any same person, especially in an organization where we have lawyers as part of the top members, how not one at that time, not one no, yeah. not two. How could you craft a contract that will put you at a, at a disadvantage? So I give you that time timeline for you to understand that look, your, your your topic is very correct, is a is a riddle. Yeah. Because apart from the mystery, from the from the uh, from the mysterious circumstances around every, everything that is going on, what you are hearing is that the confusion is not being generated by Roy himself. Yeah. Because left to people that Roy would have been gone a long time ago. But there are other things that you are contending with. So, look, we can, can talk around the riddle. But as far as the situation is concerned, we cannot say anything definite until we hear from the NFF officially. And the only thing we have heard so far from the official source, of official sources, is that he has not been signed. Every other thing is just work. Mm. Okay. Um, Yemi, I've always wondered why we've said it on this show, we've said it on our radio show several I've always wondered why things like contracts and agreements are shrouded in utmost secrecy. Almost like the Cold War years of FBI, KGB, <laughs> secrecy. You know, now we're hearing that there is no clause in that contract. But that was like the reason that was filtered out as the reason why this man couldn't be fired. You, you backtrack a little bit. And you said there have been two opportunities to say, Genorio, you know what? Handshake, you can go. After the World Cup, that opportunity was not taken. Nations Cup, 
that opportunity was not taken. And we are where we are. But already, <clears throat> while the man is still on the job, effectively, as yeah. we speak, there is another flight, uh, another kite being f- flighted, which is uh, Mladen Kristajic. You know that that story didn't just drop from anywhere. Of course not. That story didn't just drop from anywhere. So, you know, why do we try to be clever by half? And you know, try to do things because obviously, at the end of the day, the new guy probably gets the job. You will know that the story is filtered out from the highest level. So why are we playing games with ourselves? Of course, as at this moment, there's also one Antonio PC. Yes, that has been thrown into the mix. That has been thrown into the mix. Um, it's because our football, and I'm trying to isolate football now, is too agenda-based. Mm-hmm. Everybody has that's an a, agenda. That's a very, very good assertion. So, whose cup is being filled, being filled. with each situation or each scenario we find ourselves? That is why you hear this story. That We've heard all kinds of stories from compensation to non-compensation and what have you. So, it depends on where your, but- your bread is being buttered. Now, to the apologist, that's the raw apologist, putting out that $1 million clause was key to keeping him on the job. On the job, yes. That's okay. The issue of this $1, $1 million clause means, obviously, for a federation that struggles to pay his salary, where would they potentially be able to get $1 million to pay him off if they're going to fire him? So it was a good piece of quote-unquote, whether fake news or real news to put out there. Now, we will always be like this because also, allegedly, there are stories that, and, and these are accusations that have come from several quarters, mm. that some of the coaches that take jobs with the NFF or Super Eagles, national teams, are uh, also compensate some certain people. With their salaries. Part of it. Part of their salaries. Mm-hmm. So, that is why you will continue to have issues like this where you mentioned the guy from Serbia. We're talking about Antonio PC now. I'll be surprised at the end of the day if another name comes up, <clears throat> you know, from nowhere. Glenodo accused us many years ago when he was doing consider for the Nigerian job that some people asked him that, look, a portion of your salary will come to us. So, because of agendas like this, because of scenarios like this, we will continue to have issues where salaries, contract, contract negotiations, um, details will continue to be state secrets. Mm. Why? Because transparency is not one thing that is a core point or a core um, a trait, mm. a trait that we have because of the respective agendas that exist, exist within our football. Okay, buddy, let's leave all the backstories and the side stories out now. Let, let's focus on the football. Like, analysts now. What's your take, Gennard Raw? I'm sure you saw all the matches. I'm sure you can see where we are as a footballing country, as a team, the, the team. What's your take? Is it, if you had, the, if, the, if it was within your powers, would you sack him at this stage? Because that's another argument. It's six weeks to the Nations Cup. Is there enough time 
for a new coach who's not going to get the players until a week or two to the Nations Cup anyway? Or would you just let him play out the Nations Cup? Let's see what happens. And then there's still a couple of months before the final round of World Cup qualifiers. But although the same argument will come in that whoever comes in at that time will not have time with the players. So what's your take for a footballing perspective? Or should we just let him see out this contract and then we, we, we flip the script and start afresh. What's your take? Every, de- every decision will depend on what you want at the end of the day. Okay. If you want, if, if you want the Spy Goose to play well, or if, if you want to see a better Spy Goose, because there's no other way to sugarcoat it, they should, the Spy Goose, as, as they are now, they are terrible to watch. Um, um, the, the results uh, uh, against the bread, a lot of people almost died. You know, if, 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 if a friend of ours that said that's never watched the Super Bowl because of what happened to his dad. Yes. And then um, I'm, I'm getting to that stage where, because of my age, I have to be careful with the Super Bowl. Because um, if, if you love the team as a lot, a lot of people do, it is dangerous to watch the Super Bowl now. So it's, it's a health advice. Health advice. Super Eagles are dangerous to your. Watching the Super Eagles is dangerous to your health. Imagine the, the scene that are unfolded the last minutes of the game against the bread. Yeah. Um, so um, I, I would say that it depends on what you. If you want the Super Eagles to improve, yes, look, no time is a good time to sack any coach. Anytime, look, a week to Nations Cup, you can sack the coach if you want to. Mm. I know that you know you know what? Because if keeping him on the job will not get the team beyond a certain stage, what's the point? Whatever you bring will give you the same results. So why why stick with a station that's going to cause give you a headache, a heartache, a heartburn, and a head failure? There's no point. So I will say if it's left to me, it will go now. Now. But you know. Everything you said about about that kind of the money, that's another situation. If the clause indeed is hovering, it's not that here or there, it's agreed verbally and not written. Because I've also seen uh, um, uh, um, sources close, who, are supposed, who are close to the situation saying, oh, they have agreed to pay him X amount until a certain year. But you see, there's another option. That the people who are applying that clause, that the, the, the clause in the contract, that they are forgetting, that you can actually buy out the uh, the, uh, the 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 the, uh, the the rest of the contract. You can buy it out, and if you if, if you if you can if you if you can pay the man if you have if you had paid the man six months upfront, the first because that's what the first started the job, you can do the same thing now to get rid of him. Because I think it's much better to buy out buy out the contract. If that is, I'm, I'm talking on the premise of premise of it, that second analysis is true. Now to be paying two coaches at the same time, mm. you are spending you are spending the same amount of money and giving and giving all of us an unnecessary headache. Just buy the contract, let the man move on. But the one thing is certain that I'm hundred percent sure. Left to me, he will go now. I don't care if the insurance company is starting tomorrow. He will go now. Okay. Um. Yeah, I mean, there, another angle was thrown into this when the ministry, the minister, sports minister, at an event in the last couple of days, I think the, the Nations Cup Trophy Tour, 
went on and on about how Nigerian uh, former players have been good coaches on the national team and all of that, basically espousing the virtues of having a local coach. Do you agree to the school of thought that says, in this situation that we're in, if you get rid of raw, let's assume all the contractual obligations are met, all the financial issues are, and you can get rid of him, golden handshake and goodbye, best of luck for the future. Do you agree that because the Nations Cup is six weeks, because a, a for, another foreign coach will need time, do you agree that even if it's on an interim basis, think local, think Nigerian, think their names have been bandied about Amunike, Finidi George, some of the, um, Eguavon who has handled the team before. Do you agree that maybe and let's see what these guys can do at the Nations Cup? Go to the Nations Cup with limited expectations, knowing that the bigger picture is the World Cup. You rather have a fair, maybe a decent Nations Cup and qualify for the World Cup than have a very good Nations Cup. Maybe that's the question. Do you want to win the Nations Cup and not qualify for the World Cup? <laughs> so you have to, have to win the you know, that means that's what, but what do you think? Is a local option a more plausible option in this scenario? Possible in the sense that um, it, is it won't the, involve the huge financial yeah. um, outlay that you might need to get. It is easiest shot to take. Yeah, but I'm also on the school of thought. That I think that with the class of '94, mm. we've almost come full circle. Okay. Yes, Amunike hasn't handled the super egos. Finidi hasn't handled the super egos. But then I also believe that that sets the number of them have handled the super egos. Mm. And I feel that it's about time we move away from appointing members of that set who, until they've also gone to end their stripes. Mm. And not just end their stripes in one-off situations, but end their you stripes know, where. But we're talking about an interim situation yes. just for the nation's cup. Well, from an interim perspective, maybe. Okay. And because from a financial cons- from a financial standpoint, it's cheaper, it'll probably be cheaper. And then we'll probably enjoy owing him for longer. <laughs> Damn. We can have we can have people going to appeal to them. You know, you are Nigerians. Uh, we can talk like brother <laughs> brother. So uh it's a it's a viable option, but I don't I do not know how keen these guys might be to take up the job at this time. Because you mm. also know us. Even when you take up the job. As uh, how do put it? Wanting to do national service, mm. you know, the call of your fatherland. If the nations, he has a bad nation no, score, no. will be the mm. people to come out with a daggers drawn, yeah, and say, "Hey, you have he, messed he, it all he up." He failed. Uh-huh. We pull that word out, and then people, the administrators, will not be the ones that we gave you a chance. Mm. Mm. See where yeah. you have put us. So, I, I think, I think. Mm. W- just like the way we're going to get into another conversation about managers, I think it's imperative that with the general experience, uh, experiment not working after five years, we also need to still be thinking on the long term. Yeah. Who should take over? All right. And uh, we're going to continue about, uh, Gennadrow and the situation around the national team. We it can, it can take a whole podcast and uh, a whole podcast or two. So, um, Let's leave that and hopefully we'll see how things develop over the next uh, few days. Maybe by the time we come back next week, we'll have a clearer picture of what's going on with the Super Eagles and indeed Gennot Raw. So whether he'll be sacked or will not be sacked. On the question of sackings, a lot of sackings um, have been made, especially in the English Premier League. 20 managers 
started the season, six of them, as at the last count, have been relieved of their jobs. And I think the odds-on favorite to be the first manager sacked at the end, beginning of the season was Ateta and Oligona Sokshan. Ateta has survived thus far. Oligona is gone. You know, so it brings us to the sack race. And, um, buddy, you are rightly, you are involved in that because <laughs> you wanted Dean Smith sacked. Dean Smith is gone. Uh, but he found a job seven, eight days later at Norwich City. So, Cisco Munoz from Watford, Steve Bruce, Newcastle, Nino Espirito Santo, Tottenham, Daniel Farker, Norwich, Dean Smith, Aston Villa, and Ole Gunnar are the Premier League managers that have lost their jobs. Um, the high-profile manager that lost his job outside of England, of course, was Ronald Koeman uh, of Barcelona. I remember we spoke about Man U and Barcelona as the Falling Giants a few weeks ago, and indeed, uh, we have been proved right uh, on those two counts. But, but let's start with your uh, Aston Villa. What was the problem with Dean Smith? I know he endured a run of five games uh, without winning, and of course, uh, Steven Gerrard has come now and has won his first game, so uh, congratulations on that. But what was the problem with Dean Smith? As a Villa fan who watches the team and follows the results of the academy players and the progress that some of them are making, I've been saying this for almost a year that the Smith will have to go. Not because what he did for the club is not appreciated. Because every time I, I, I tweet or say it, people say, oh, you got to get from the championship to the premiership. I agree. It's a good thing. But you see, you cannot leave scaffolding hanging around the building because it helps it helped to build, to raise the structure. Once the, once the job of scaffolding is done, you remove it. So the beach of the building can be seen. Now, when the owners took over the, took over the club, of course, a lot of owners see that. They said, our vision is to see this team playing Champions League football in X number of years. And they not only said that, they went on to open their pores, several levels. They improved the training ground, uh, the structure. They started buying up some of the best young players across England and Europe because they said we want to set use a particular pattern. And they said, you know what? While we are building the youth uh, side, they spent money on on the. But I always felt that. If a team, and that's a key word, if a team depends on one player to get results, you don't have a team. You don't. And if, if one player was propping up the coach, once the player gets injured, that's the end of the team as it. So the problem with this move was that he got handed a jewel, a Jack Grealish. And, and he went to step. He didn't know how to get to the next level. Things was better for him coming up. But once he got to the premiership, it was clear he was out of his game. Mm. And for me, that was key. Look, even if you are going to lose a game, lose it playing well. 
we know that hey, once a few things come together, maybe you get wins. But when you are not, when the team is not playing well, and you can't see where it is going, then you know it's time to go. However, you know how players put out tweets after manager has been sacked. The thing about modern football is that you must always try to keep the dressing room on your side. If you can't, you are not a manager. Just keep being a coach. Don't step up into the managerial space. And I'm saying, I'm saying that because hey, we have seen this split clubs, uh, former clubs, split some bring out football. I think something went wrong. At, that's about, that's the other side of it. I think something went wrong at Villa. Because when it was sad, a couple of players put out tweets. One of them was David Luiz. Is it Luiz, the Brazilian midfielder? No, it's not David. What's his first name again? The Brazilian midfielder that's on loan from Man City. Douglas Luiz. Douglas Luiz. Saying, we have our ways. He later deleted the tweets and tried tried to explain it away. But we we saw. Uh, the Frenchman at United after Mourinho was sacked. We have seen players everywhere put up tweets. Okay. And okay. then I saw the game. I, I saw the game against uh, against Brighton. And now Villa defended like their lives defended on it. The same thing that the shipping goals like. So somehow I mm. felt that I think he lost this this this, this okay. game, And I felt that players wanted him out. Hmm. Okay, I think at times. Football, I think at times. On, yeah, I think at times. Um, a coach gets to the end of his tether, as yeah. in he can't take the team further. And uh, I think he's gone to Norwich now. And I honestly think that Norwich's mindset is if we go down, he, he has down. brought a team from that because championship is a place where I think you need experience. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a mindset that well, even if we go down, we may have a better chance of coming up with him. Of course, the biggest story of the sackings has been the latest one, um, Olegono Soksha, who I think was overdue, but I think there was a reluctance to get rid of him by the United hierarchy until it be, it, his position practically became untenable. I mean, his supporters could not defend his position anymore and he had to go. But Yemi, what I'm seeing is I don't think United have a plan. I don't think there's a plan. There is a, you, you appointed Michael Carrick, who was part of Oligon Social's team. Um, you are going to appoint an interim manager till the end of the season. And all of that. And this is what I've always said about United since Salex left. Commercially, there is a plan. But in the footballing structure, there's no plan. I don't know whether you agree with me. I'm, I'm being too harsh or you agree with that. Harsh. <laughs> um, there's absolutely no plan. It was not thought through because the interesting thing is United had a two-week window. Hmm. An international week window that a decision on the Gunasusha could have been taken. Yeah. And then the new manager could have been restored. And then had at least a week to work out a plan going forward. You can already see sports. The person Conte, he had the two international window to work with the players that were going to be available for him. So United have shown that they have no plan going forward. Just the same way United don't have contingency plans when it comes to transfers. Mm. They're showing the same thing when it comes to this managerial business. 
like we said time and time again that the the resolution to fire Ole was more like they're going to the point where their hands were tied. Mm. They didn't need to make a decision. One win out of seven, obviously not good enough for any club whatsoever. Like what they said, they were losing, but the manner of the loss was more than anything else. They didn't have considered 21 goals in 12 matches. Note, they didn't consider 44 goals last season. Oh, All of last season. So you're almost half and you're nowhere near half of the season exactly so there was no going back they had to but the fact that taking an extra week an extra two weeks delaying that decision it even tells any aspiring or interested candidates that look who are these kind of people that I want to what am I getting myself into what am I getting myself into one of the reasons why Chelsea have been particularly successful is how quickly they react they take in taking decision. decisions yeah. like that. It was time to fire Lampard. They didn't care if it was the club legend mm-hmm. or anything. And within, within 24 hours, Tokyo they got a new manager. So, taking decisions at that level, yeah, come on, Manchester United is a billion dollar business. Franchise. But instead, it acts like a PR company or a content creation mm-hmm. company. So, you know, they're in a precarious situation because they do not have football people running the football yeah. affairs of the team. And it's just going to get worse. You know, if we continue, if you want to talk about United, you can take two podcasts. Let's go to, but let's go to another mega club, Barcelona. Ronald Kuma was, Always on borrow time. He's gone now. They've gone the club legend route. Again. A sentimental club legend route of bringing Xavi in. He's done well uh, at our side, but that's a different ballgame entirely. And no matter how successful he becomes, right now, is a massive, massive job. Um, So, two questions. You think that was the right move? Or was it a sentimental move in bringing Xavi in? And... um. How tough a job has he taken on at Barcelona? The question on whether it's the right move or not um, can only be answered by time. Okay. Only time will tell. Um, remember that uh, when Pep stepped, stepped into the job, his only qualification was that he had, he's been handling the youth team. Yeah. And we, we, we saw the successes that um, Pep uh, achieved. Having said that, Pep worked with a team that was filled with geniuses. And then, but, but then, they, 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 they just wanted to have a team that, that had the key components. That's another thing to be able to harness the components. And Pep harnessed the components brilliantly. Now, for Chavi, you know, when, when, when people talk about how inexperienced managers are and, and they say that they've not done this, they've not done that. Sometimes I think that all that the, the, the management are doing is just they are just roll, rolling the dice, hoping that to that that they will get a favorable readings. Look, nobody can predict anything. The only thing we know for sure is that when that man enters the dressing room of Barcelona, the space will lift. We yeah. just agreed here that players agree with the coach. 
to be the life or the death of your club. If the players for a minute think that this is not the man that we need, or this man is not good enough for us, the man is gone, no matter how good he is. Because, you know, just like, I, just like I've said in basketball, that when you discuss basketball, that tiny things can turn again. The fans will not see it, but if you are in basketball, uh, um, uh, uh, if you've been watching basketball for a long time, you see those things that can make a team win or lose. The same thing in football. Guys can get on the pitch and do and, and make some stupid mistakes that the people say, oh, it's normal. But at the end, nobody will blame the players, they blame the coach. Mm. The same way the players can go on the pitch and leave everything there. They are to the, to the, uh, to the to their full abilities and the coach will look good. So, that for 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 the fact that he's a legend in Barcelona, is a master stroke. Because the players will come to the party for him. The flip side of it is that does he have the know-how to harness whatever it is that they have? Because you look at some teams much above their weight and you wonder. Some players, we have seen some players shining in that other place. They come here and they, 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 they are just not interested. Whatever it is that make these players punch above their weight, play for that coach, if the ones that he has at Barcelona, if they are willing to, to punch for him at their own level, I think he will be okay. The key thing is, does he have the dressing room with their backing? Remember when Mourinho entered, uh, uh, first came to England and, and looked at the Chelsea class and said, I've won everything, I've won nothing. I'm the special one. We saw the football that they played. Now, when that script run out, any other club it goes to, you can't, you can't choose that same line again because the players are like, so what? I'm, I'm done getting paid. Mm. You're just a coach. You can go at any time. So I think it all comes down to, are the players willing to run themselves to the ground for him? If they are willing to, and they ask the resources to teach them what to do, to harness, uh, sorry, has the, the capacity to harness the resources that are, at, that are at his disposal. I think, um, They'll be better than, than where they are right now, and where they were rather, and I think that's all that Barcelona are asking. Okay, Yemi, quickly, let, let's talk about two clubs. Um, Newcastle, Eddie Howe, he also has a massive job on his hands. Um, they're down there, it's really struggling, and um, it's going to be a tough, tough battle just to keep them in the Premier League for this season. And of course, Spurs, and you know, Conte has come in, high-profile manager, trying to Get the spirits of the season. He's gotten his first win um, at the at the weekend um, in the Premier League. So, quickly, what do you make of these two uh, changes at uh, Newcastle and Spurs? Uh, two things. One is a statement of intent, mm-hmm. and as an appointment aimed at stability. Okay. Um, Spurs appointing Conte is a huge statement of intent mm-hmm. that they feel that look they need to start progressing in the right direction of making an impact in the Premier League. Because he's a born winner. He's won everywhere he's been to. Um, He's shown that he has that additional spirit where he can galvanize the club. We saw that at the weekend. But then, the issue with him is he can throw away his toy at any time. Once once his demands are not met, he's going to lose his, you know, lose his head and he's going to, you know, Call to lead the club. So, my issue with his appointment is how well is Dalalivi ready to go the whole hall mm-hmm. in supporting Conte with his you, you would feel that they would have ironed that out in negotiations. Yeah, they would have said that, but remember, this is the same Dalalivi that had Pochettino mm-hmm. who got to the final of the championship without signing any player. And then, and then the following year, because he had a deal. let's do 
this because he spent big on one player. He didn't mm. want to go to full hall to rebuild the team. So uh, hopefully he doesn't lose interest and Conte can deliver. For Newcastle, well, first of all, all over the place with uh, my general appointment, almost like Manchester United. Um, a few big names mentioned, a few big players linked to them. Eventually, they went with Eddie Howe. Eddie Howe, like I said, for stability, uh, but he's not the best coach to handle this kind of situation. Why his teams have never been the best defensively mm. across time. It's been at Burnley and at Bournemouth. Um, he hasn't been in. He's not a Samaladite. He's not a Samaladite. Exactly. <laughs> I get where you're going. Um, he's going to have to deal with a team that has a huge prospect for themselves who consider themselves a really big, they are a big club and they expect that look, certain expectations have to be but stability in the sense that just like Manchester City, they had to go with a certain level of manager and then scale up. Okay. I think one Newcastle have looked at is look, this is the guy we can get for now. If we can support him in January, if he gets the right uh, signings in, we can potentially scale up once we survive this okay. season. Let me ask both of you the same question, but um, I'll give you one more minute to answer it. Has football gotten to the point where you cannot do long-term anymore? Clubs, fans, hierarchy, nobody's waiting for any kind of process anymore. It is instant gratification. Like Bode likes to say, it is microwave results. You get it quickly or you get out. Has football gotten to that stage where you cannot find a, a, a situation where um, a club has a two-year plan, a five-year plan to get to where they want to be. It has to be here and now. And if results, a string of results, four, five, six bad results, you're gone. But a, one one minute, has football gotten to that point? And maybe I'll ask the second question. Is that good for the sport? I think football has gotten to that point for some teams. For some, for, for some other teams, football remains the same. Um, uh, a, a team that has money to money to burn, like I approach to switch and change coaches. Coaches that have a large followership, they can decide. I don't know what the coach has to go. But for most, for the teams that are that, that are on small budgets, they can't afford that. They, they, they just keep plugging away and keep finding their resources the best way they can. So for me, I think it's all about the money. Those I can afford it, yes, they're ambitious. Those that can't, they just keep plugging away. It's, it's simple. Yeah, me. It depends on what you consider long term these days. <laughs> I like that long term. <laughs> So long term could be years. six months <laughs> <laughs> long term could be five years um, the average life expectancy of a and I mean when I say life expectancy I mean life on the job, on the job of yeah. a manager is probably three years these days two more so that or maybe two, two more like so that that for some clubs is long term enough and unfortunately that's where football is and it's because football has moved to yeah I think the right word is that microwave era yeah because Conversations around football are now so accessible. They're, they're going on, on a, you know, per Constant second, per second basis. Yes. So the expectations and the desire of the fan base, mm. even at twins, whatever it is, the hierarchy and the club are looking at. Mm. So when you're talking of banter, you're talking of this, you're talking of that, every club wants to win. Irrespective of your budget, of your placement, everybody wants to win. So at that point, mm. managers can't sit back and say they want to build. Only few managers have that luxury. And those managers are those that are at the very top 
who can quote unquote almost guarantee a trophy every season. You you do look at it and and say that the kind of patience that Liverpool had with Jurgen Klopp for the first two years, if it was now, uh, probably no, they wouldn't no, have the not, kind of not patience. Maybe, not, not if it was now. It was just that, look, they decided to be patient. The long haul. Uh, decided to be patient. So, um, well, I just think that this situation is driving uh, clubs, is driving uh, prices in terms of desperation to get players. Players are overpriced. They are overpaid, in my view. Some managers are actually overpriced and overpaid as well because clubs are in a a quick fix situation. We want to get back at it and get back at it quickly. And I think the argument is that United were trying to do a long haul, but nobody's going to wait for the long haul, even though it's now eight years since <laughs> United has won the, the title. All right, talking about titles, um, let's go to the NBA and let's start with some of the talking points in the NBA over the past few, uh, since the city started over the, a couple of months ago. So, Bode is our in-house NBA expert and good to think that Bode is right there in the United States. But the latest incident, um, uncharacteristic, uh, well, I don't think it was deliberate, but for the first time in his 19-year career, LeBron James got a one-match ban for an altercation with Isaiah um, Stewart, uh, which we saw the clips was very bad, Isaiah Stewart, bad in the way Isaiah Stewart reacted. The injury looked really nasty with the blood all over his face and all of that. So what do you make of all that? I was the reaction right there in the United States. Is there any backlash on LeBron James? Have there been any apologies or any further statements from either side or maybe the players or the clubs themselves or even the NBA hierarchy? What can you tell us? The, the, the good thing about the NBA is that there are so many cameras covering every game uh, and there are so many angles that um, uh, um, uh, that helps officials make decisions about things that happen on the floor. When that incident happened, I didn't see the game live, but if you look at it the first time, you wonder, why is it so, why is, why, why is, why, why is Azar so angry? And I look at the camera angles, and the G. There's nobody who can tell me that LeBron James did not know what he was doing. Because he lashed out. And I think that's why he got the one game back. If Stewart, I not reacted that way. Some people are saying here that because it's LeBron, the officials probably have made it an accident because you've seen incidents in, 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 in the NBA. And I think that's why you reacted. Where Pierre gets injured, he gets treated. The player that made contact with him will spread his hands like footballers do. And that's why I was like, hey, I, I, I didn't do nothing. And the game will go on. But because, as I see what escalated the situation, up to a point that it became annoying because you over-escalated it. Mm. I think that's why the other camera angle became important. Although, I must say that maybe if you had not reacted, they would have looked at the camera angle anyways. But, the James slashed out. is trying to play innocent. Or, you know, it's trying to claim innocence. I think it was mischievous. But I think as I see what overreacted, and the conversation has been split. Oh, he overreacted. And a lot of people are trying to push the blame to him instead of what led to his reaction. Yeah. But I think he overreacted because he felt LeBron James wanted to cheat him in quotes because of his because if any other player, any other, not LeBron, had lashed out the way LeBron James lashed out, 
that looked like a category one misdemeanor. It, it was it was it was almost an, a physical assault. Mm. But the injury and the blood showed that hey, it was bad. But as 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 I as I still as, as reacted, and the concern has been has, has been more about his reaction than the incident. Okay, all right. Um, let's go to the uncut action now. Um, Yemi Adesa is a huge Lakers fan, and the Lakers are right now in the Western Conference. They are ninth. They are in the play-in position of seven to tenth. <laughs> And their record win loss is nine nine, so it, they are point five. Very you know, so um, with how well they are stacked and all of that, is this disappointing, or is this where you expect them to be, or you expect them they're the kind of team it will take time to gel? You know, they, there's no need to panic yet. It will take time to gel. They will grow into a season, and you can expect better things from the Lakers. You know, I said this stacks. I don't think the team is <laughs> I think the team is filled with old men. Hmm. Too many old men. And the potential of injuries is high. Yeah. Uh, I think the Lakers have been disappointing so far, if I will say so. I think they're only see three game winning streak at the, at the moment. Or no, one one game winning one, one, streak yeah. at the moment. I don't think it's good enough. And but I think what they've also done, Frank Vogel has done a good job, you know, get, making the Lakers champions two two years ago, and all that. But I'm looking at this call and I can't see anything that is there to inspire me. I can see that they are trying to also do a lot of load management with the likes of yeah. LeBron and some of the other guys. But hopefully, when the other old guys come back from injury, the likes of Trevor Ariza. Out of when they come out from injury, maybe they will be more balanced up. to the team. If the Lakers can finish maybe as fifth seed or fourth seed, I can be confident about going into the playoffs. Mm. But if they finish anywhere lower than that, and I end up playing, I mm. won't be surprised if, if they don't even make it. Well, because or maybe they because of maybe LeBron, first round exit because of LeBron and mm. the fact that he's. He's built for games like that. Yeah. If he's fit, he will drive this team to get through to the playoffs eventually. But I think it will be now much more difficult for them to have a better run if mm. they finish coming through the play-in. But a Golden State Warriors, and particularly Steph Curry, what a season they're having. Even without the second, is a, is a brother. Slush his brother. Sl- slash brother. 15-2 is the record. And Steph Curry has been shooting the lights out. And do you get the impression that it seems to me that Steph Curry is even getting better? <laughs> if that is not a strange thing to be able to say. Deji, basketball is a team game. Yeah. You must move the ball. You must move the ball. When you move the ball, you give your shooters the chance to find space. Shooters for your shooters too, they must keep moving. We all know that the core is a great shooter. Yeah. Now, when Warriors move the ball, it also opens up the floor. Because while Score is scoring his points, other players are also getting their shots. And that's the major difference between the Lakers and the Warriors. Jenny, I agree that your Lakers, the team is old. Now, the problem with that age thing is that they can't move as well as they should. And so, ball movement becomes a problem. And so, 
what when bond movement becomes a problem, you want to start players to create their shot themselves. And then you have Russell Westbrook. And so you have a problem. For the Warriors, they are moving, look, somebody, I think Ayotunde Onobolu said that he hasn't seen ball movement this good since the sports under, uh, 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 the, sports, the, the last person that, the, the sports that gifted Miami. Yeah. And, get, and guess what? Civil Kelsey won the championship at San Antonio. Mm. So, he, he, he has that, look, the thing is that the Warriors are this good because they are creating chances for their best shooter with their ball movement. And it is scary. Mm. Because when the other person, when, uh, when, when, uh, when Clay Thompson gets in the flow and he gets better before the playoffs, we are in for a treat. Yeah. So for the Lakers, it's, it's not just about their age, it's also about their ball movement. But I do believe that, look, if the Lakers move the ball as half as good as the Warriors do, they have enough depth on that team to blow teams away. But like I said, they have Russell Westbrook. But let me stay with you. Um, what's the reaction and what do you make of the Kyrie Ivan situation? As regards to Brooklyn Nets, to be fair, Brooklyn Nets are, apart from the uh, embarrassing loss to um, the Golden State Warriors on their home court a few a couple of matches ago. Um, they they lead the Western Eastern Conference. I beg your pardon, thirteen five, and of course Ken, Kevin Durant has been playing very very well. So what do you make of that? Do they have a chance without Kyrie? And what's going on with the Kyrie situation? Is it like he's going to be traded? Is there no way back from that? Nets are leading this Eastern Conference because that's the, that that conference is, is is becoming as wide open as the West. The Heat, the Miami Heat are playing well on some nights. Chicago Bulls have been the biggest surprise of the season for me. The Bucks too are playing well on and off, and of course you have the Nets. So it, it, it because that it, because teams that teams are dropping uh, uh, so, so other teams are dropping games that they should have won. But having said that. The Nets still remain the best outside chance. Outside of the Warriors for now. Because of the way they are. They are going to get better. For sure. If you have, um, uh, if you have um, uh, if, uh, Kevin Durant playing at his peak and you have um, uh, the Bay, James Harden, playing well. You have the, the one-two punch and a support cast that can, become the, that, that can, that can get to the NBA Finals. When they get there, the team that they need now decide whether they are good enough to win the to, 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 to win the, cha- the championship or not. But the way they are now, they are in a better place than the Lakers. And so for me, yes, for as for, for arriving, Kyrie has always been uh, um, uh, uh, um, uh, has always been a, a statement or uh, a behavior a behavior away from controversy. Every day, every month, every year. The thing is that in the past, those controversies have been centered around himself. But now, he has stepped into something that is global, that has affected the whole city, the whole state, the whole nation. And so, it cannot be managed anymore. I do feel that, to be fair, like you said, 
the Nets have been, uh, they have been, they have been, they have been uh, as far as it's concerned, they have been fair and they have, they have been accommodating. But I do feel that if they don't, if they do not find a way to solve the situation in the long term, it will be a distraction for the team because if they get, if they get to the playoffs, when they get to the playoffs, every game that they lose, because the question will come up, game, yeah, and it will affect the dressing room. And so I think the Nets have a, they have a decision to make, and they have to make it quickly, just like this, just like the Sixers. Fortunately, on Ben Simmons, what both of them have on their hands. What the, oh yeah, on Ben Simmons exactly. What both of them have on their hands are not players that can be, that have been moved anyhow. Yeah, yeah. They have to be moved well, or to get full value. Yeah, and that is where the where the comma is. Okay, you've helped me call out the Ben Simmons angle. So, um, hear me quickly in the Eastern Conference, a couple of teams. Are playing very well, surprisingly. Uh, like what he said, Chicago Bulls and Miami Heat. Um, can you tell us about those and h- how far do you think they can go? I think quickly uh, now. First of all, Chicago Bulls did some really, really good business uh, during the, during Brandy free agency. Yeah. What have you? Bringing in Lamelo, um, Lonzo Ball, Devers uh, DeRozan, Alex Caruso, who has championship experience, winning the title with the Lakers. Of course, supporting them is uh, Zach Levine, who's been there. So, they have a good core. And that team has shown that, you know, if you put in the right pieces, they can have good run. So, they're second in the East at the moment, which is not bad at all. And the Heat have had to respond this season because of the way they got knocked out last in the week. last two seasons. Mm. Um, uh, in the final, they got knocked out and then against the box. So, they've had to respond and respond well. Jimmy Butler spraying off his skin. Uh, Tyler Hero is also mm-hmm. rising Mama up to the occasion. So, another team that I also think we need to give a bit of credit to is Charlotte Hornets. Yeah. They are also playing pretty well. So, um, with these teams, it makes, like Boris said, the East is as open as the West, the West and it makes it enjoyable for all to watch. But the final question, the two teams that played the final last season, Milwaukee Bucks and Phoenix Suns. Milwaukee are struggling in the East while they are in the playing position. They've had a few injury situations with um, um, Danny, I'm sorry, Janis. Uh, 10-8 record right now. But hey, what do you make of Phoenix Suns? Right now, they're on a 13 game winning streak. And it looks like they might have a not that deep run into playoff season. Final question now, quickly. My fear for, my fear for the Suns is that um, uh, the, 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 uh, the, the full crew of their team may not, uh, unless they do a lot of load management towards the playoffs. Mm. I don't think CP3 has the legs to carry them all the way. Deep into the playoffs. Yeah. Yes, into the playoffs. Because if CP3 gets injured, that's a, that, that's a play a major hole in their ambitions. Because they need it. If they, yes, they're playing well and the players that, that they have started, I think they are, they are, I think they are reacting uh, to, uh, to to the, to the to their loss in the final, and they they, they 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 want to ensure that they are back there. So yes, they, they, they also managed to keep together the core of their team that they got all the way to the final last year. So while, while all the other teams are talking and changing and having crisis meetings, the Suns have been have been calm, and that that's what you are seeing. They have not had any major injury worries. The only thing that was that was going to shift them was the contract situation with the Andre eighteen. And I think they sorted that because it wasn't, we had to put on the shoulder was staying on good because they, 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 they didn't agree on 
on, on what we're going to get. But they, they managed to get past that. And I think, yes, the songs will, will give us a lot of entertainment, but they're going to find a way to manage it because it's a long season. Mm. And if you, are, if, if you pick too early, but you have 30 seconds on the box. 30 seconds. The box, I think uh, um, uh, they, they, were champ- they were champions last year. If they get to the playoffs, you see a different team. If they stay injury free, okay. we'll see what can happen to them when they lose the enemies. So, Okay, cutting it finally. We'll have to wrap it up here. Um, that's Sports 360 Podcast for the week. Sports 360 Pod on Instagram is where you can follow us. It's been quite exciting. Um, topics we've talked about today. Thank you for joining us and thank you for always downloading and listening to the podcast. See you same time next week. Signing out.